Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. As donors, we know that MPB makes a difference. Felder on MPB Radio was the catalyst that inspired us to include tea production on our blueberry farm. Our business continues to grow. That's, That's our, our MPB, MPB story. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Wednesday, March 7th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, lawmakers passed the most restrictive abortion bill in the country. We'll hear from both sides. This law has twin purposes, to force women to have babies they don't want and then to stigmatize and undermine the resulting single mothers. It, it'll be the worst thing that we do here today. Then, how will Senator Thad Cochran's retirement affect Mississippi? Legislators and researchers weigh in. And what a new report from the state auditor says about how state agencies manage their money. Plus, meet the winner of Poetry Out Loud. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Governor Phil Bryant is expected to sign a bill that would give Mississippi the earliest abortion ban in the United States. By a vote of 35 to 14, Mississippi senators passed House Bill 1510, which contains the country's strictest abortion regulations yet. The bill bans abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. There is an exception when the mother's health or life are in danger, but there is no exception for pregnancies that result from rape or incest. Democratic Senator Deborah Dawkins of Pass Christiane spoke against the bill. She says the bill is not about being pro-life. For various reasons, there's no reason to go back on women's health care in the state of Mississippi. This time limitation is unnecessary and it's dangerous. Um, as many of you know, I worked in the operating room for 20 years and so I was working in the operating room when these sorts of uh, incidences occurred with illegal abortions. Um, now I'm sort of starting to think that people don't even realize that there was a time when it was illegal and there were all sorts of unforeseen circumstances, that situations that came because of this. For example, um, it affected the life of every woman, young or old, pregnant or not, sexually active or celibate. No woman over 10 or under age 60 could expect to receive good health care, especially if she arrived at the emergency room with menstrual problems or uterine hemorrhage. Doctors were uncomfortable. They were afraid they would get in trouble. If someone came and had um, heavy bleeding, they could have been having a miscarriage. The doctors, which were mostly men at that time, uh, really didn't want to be accused of, of doing anything that uh, would be illegal. This change to the law has twin purposes. To force women to have babies they don't want and then to stigmatize and undermine the resulting single mothers. 
It, it'll be the worst thing that we do here today. Senator Deborah Dawkins. Picayune Republican Senator Angela Hill spoke after Dawkins saying she supports the measure. The senator that just left the podium says that this would be the worst thing that we could do. I tell you, I disagree that I think that banning abortions with the language in this bill would be the best thing that we could do, not the worst thing after 15 weeks. When I was 14 weeks pregnant, I could feel my babies move. I'm a little bitty thing, you know, but I was very sensitive to that. And doctor told me I might could feel it when I was 16 weeks, but when I was 14 weeks, I could feel my baby move. And I could look down, and where my clothes were touching my belly, I could see a little movement sticking out from a little hand or a little foot. And with all the medical technology that we have now, for women who find themselves in positions that they don't want to carry a pregnancy, there's plenty of time to do that before that baby's fully formed, before the sex is evident. Senator Hill went on with an explicit description of an abortion process. I don't like abortions, period. It's inhumane. What's inhumane is to do these things to a child that's fully developed, that you know the sex of, that can hear the mother's heartbeat. So I would urge you to protect life. The 14th Amendment to the Constitution protects life. This bill is constitutional. Do we want to be known with countries like China and Korea that continue to allow sex-elective abortions and just abortions out of convenience at the time when the baby's fully developed and you have to take that baby apart piece by piece. It's just wrong and it's barbaric. Senator Angela Hill of Picayune. The original version of the bill called for possible felony charges for doctors who perform abortions later than 15 weeks. The Senate version strips that provision. The bill now goes to the House for final approval. Coming up, how will Senator Thad Cochran's retirement affect Mississippi? Legislators and researchers weigh in. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Peter O'Dowd. Fort Lauderdale wants to build a streetcar through its growing downtown and eventually expand it across the region. A streetcar could connect these emerging districts and uh, really set the course for a new mode of public transit in a region that doesn't really see much but for buses. That's next time on Here and Now. Today at noon on MPB Think Radio. A-N-I-M-O-S-I-T-Y, Animosity. F-U-R-L-O-N-G, Furlong. C-O-N-J-E-C-T-U-R-E, Conjecture. T-O-B-O-G-G-A-N, Poggin. Don't miss the annual Statewide Spelling Bee, live on Tuesday, March 13th at 10 a.m., only on MPB Television. MPB's digital media workshop for high school students was amazing. I learned new skills, and now I'm pursuing a career in film production. That's my MPB story. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. 
Mississippians are getting prepared for new leadership in Washington. Public speculation on who will succeed longtime Mississippi U.S. Senator Thad Cochran began Monday as he announced his upcoming retirement. The announcement comes on the heels of the qualifying deadline for candidates as Senator Roger Wicker's current term comes to an end. The two available seats provide for what is called a double-barrel race. It has some wondering what it means for the state as Cochran leaves the powerful Appropriations Committee. Nathan Schrader is Assistant Professor of Political Science at Millsaps College. He says Cochran's absence could affect the state. This is one of the things that I think has, of course, united some people who may not always agree with Senator Cochran's political positions over the years in his corner in some cases because of the fact that it's extremely beneficial to have somebody from your state chairing or or even highly ranked on appropriations. So this is one of those things we're not going to be able to, I think, fully gauge until he's gone and Mississippi loses that cloud on that particular committee. We've talked about the state of the state surveys. You've reviewed them. Who are the likely candidates for his seat? Right as of now, because this, all of this is so fresh, you know, I, I'm hearing some of the same you know, chatter that folks in the public are hearing just about potential candidates. Based on some of the results of the Millsaps College Chisholm Strategy State of the State surveys that we've done, some of the folks such as Secretary of State Hoseman, State Treasurer uh, Lynn Fitch, uh, Governor Phil Bryant, I'm not necessarily saying that they're all in consideration or even want to be. <laughs> they're just the folks who have tested quite well among the Republicans. Attorney General Jim Hood, of course, tested quite well among the Democrats in terms of his job approval ratings in our September polls and then some of those tested again in our January polls. But you know, I've been hearing from several different news sources today throughout the state that uh, former Congressman Mike Espy has already said he's, if not officially running, is very strongly leaning towards doing so. And that's somebody that has very, I'm suspecting, will still, even though he's not held office in a while, will have very high name ID moving into an election period. With Senator Wicker's seat also coming up for election, this could potentially put two new senators from Mississippi into the Senate? It certainly could. And I went back this morning and took a look at data from the University of Virginia Center for Politics. In the last three decades, there have only been 10 instances in the entire country in 30 years where both U.S. Senate seats within a state have been up for grabs at the, in the same election cycle. So we're a part right now of very you know, it's a very exciting time in Mississippi politics because of this, but it's also something that is not typical. Uh, So there's a lot of unpredictability at hand. And of course, Mississippi was one of those 10 cases back in uh, the the original election of Senator Wicker in 2008 to replace Trent Lott. So we're talking, however, about something that's not very typical in American politics. So there's a lot of a lot of unpredictable things that could occur. I mean, because it is not usual, do you think that means a lot of money will pour into Mississippi, into these campaigns? Absolutely. I'm expecting this to be a very high dollar, expensive election year. U.S. Senate races in particular can be expensive. And the fact that a state might have two of them running at once or on the ballot at once, that could certainly double the amount of money spent, if not do more to that. And here's the one complication that some folks might not realize. We'll have in November two Senate races on the ballot. The first one will be for Senator Wicker's seat, in which the candidates will be either be one nominee from each party and they'll be clearly identified by their party. 
But because the race for the special election for Senator Cochran's seat is a special election, it's not a typical election by, it is defined by state law, the candidates whose names will appear in the November ballot will not have party labels. And there could be multiple people running from the same party. So it'll be a challenge for some of them to go and educate the voters as to, you know, not just who they are, but which party do they affiliate with and what are their beliefs, because there's a runoff scenario involved where there's a lot of candidates. No one's got a clearly marked party affiliation. Voters have to do a little more work on their end to educate themselves, but so do the campaigns. What issues will matter most to Mississippians that will affect the outcome of this election? Well, that's a terrific question. And I, and I think one of those issues um, gets back to where this interview started. It's that with Senator Cochran retiring, that's going to leave sort of a leadership void in terms of clout in Washington. So I think the candidates are going to have to go out of their way to sort of define both in the original contested U.S. Senate race that we had the filing deadline for last Thursday and now the special election race. The candidates are going to have to try to explain how are they going to be the person to take the reins, right? How are they going to establish themselves as the kinds of leaders to benefit the whole state? as Senator Cochran has done for very, very many years in the halls of Washington. Will the candidate's ability to work with President Trump be a factor? It could be. And and here's where I have my eye on the Texas U.S. Senate race. Um, as, as you know, today is primary day in Texas, and there have been multiple, multiple reports of a tremendous uh, early voting and in-person voting surges for the Democratic Party in Texas right now. And so... There have been also recent polls showing uh, Senator Cruz in Texas, who was up by 20 points a few months ago, that his lead is now in the, uh, over his likely Democratic opponent is down to single digits. And so if there's and, and Donald Trump's approval rating in Texas, of all places, is below 40 percent. So I think that it's yet to be seen if the Trump if, if being a candidate tied closely to Trump, if that helps or hurts. Uh, I think we'll have to keep tracking kind of public opinion on that to know for sure. But I would keep an eye on the Texas race right now to see what happens in the next couple of months there, uh, because it's going to have a lot to do with Trump's power to deliver votes for a candidate or maybe fire up the enthusiasm of the people who are uh, not so enamored with President Trump. And just to sum up, and finally, does filling Senator Thad Cochran's seat change any of the aspects of filling or or the the race between Senator Wicker and whoever his opponents might be? Well, it, it certainly could, because there's nothing stopping a candidate who qualified last week, such as Senator McDaniel, for example, uh, or Representative David Barry on the Democratic side, or any of the other folks who qualified to run in the race, from announcing they're running in this race instead. Uh, th- that could still happen. I have, we don't know right now that's going to happen. None of those names have officially, names of those candidates have officially come up as ones who might jump to a different race. But what this is going to do is really because both, both parties are going to have candidates running in two separate races. They're going to have to figure out how to simultaneously run a traditional party campaign for the wicker seat, where the candidates are clearly identified on the ballot by their party, and a non-traditional special election race at the same time on the exact same day and running through that same time period where none of the candidates are identified by their party affiliation. And that presents lots of strategic challenges for all those candidates and the major parties. Nathan Trader, Assistant Professor of Political Science at Millsaps College. Nathan, thank you as always. 
Oh, thank you. I'm glad to help. Governor Phil Bryant says he will not appoint himself to Cochrane's seat. Bryant says there's something nefarious about a governor appointing himself to another office. Cochrane, who's 80, is resigning April 1st because of poor health. Third District Congressman Greg Harper tells MPB's Matt Laszlo he respects Cochrane's decision. Losing someone like Senator Thad Cochran is uh, it's 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 very difficult. No one has done more for the state of Mississippi than Senator Cochran has, and he will be uh, greatly missed. We uh, respect that decision that he's made, uh, and we wish him nothing but the best. And I just um, am very thankful uh, that I've gotten to know him uh, over the years. Uh, and and he's uh, you know he's a he's a legend in Mississippi uh, politics. You know when you think back about what happened in the aftermath of Katrina, Mississippi never recovers like it recovered without his work here in Washington D.C. Between Senator Cochran and Governor Haley Barber, we were able to get back on our feet uh, again. Uh, but uh, I, I you know I wish he was staying. Uh, but I, I respect that decision, and I, I'm thankful for his friendship and his uh, uh, guidance for me to help me through um, the political arena up here. Uh, and he's a, he's a great man and a true statesman and the, the type of person that has been a remarkable ambassador for Mississippi. Now, how important is it for you guys to get Senator Wicker on the Appropriations Committee to replace him or his replacement on there? I would, I would hope that we have uh, someone on appropriations after he leaves. Now, will that be Senator Wicker? That would be wonderful and uh, would hope that that uh, is the case. But it, it, it is very important. We've, we've always had uh, someone in that role as long as I can remember, and we would expect and hope that that would continue. And now local politics? Are you thinking of hopping in the race, other people? I, I've made it uh, very clear that I'm not running for re-election, and 10 years of service as a federal elected official uh, is will be enough. Who would you like to see hop in? There's some talk about the governor? Or... That's going to be the governor's decision. Uh, I believe the governor will make a, a, a good pick, and I would expect whoever that is to be elected to the remaining part of that term in November. Senator Greg Harper with correspondent Matt Laszlo. Governor Bryant will appoint a temporary senator and says he's looking for someone who could serve at least 20 years. Coming up, what a new report from the state auditor says about how state agencies manage their money. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Today on Everyday Tech, we will discuss general technology with an open topic show. Join us as our experts attempt to answer all of your tech questions. We'll also discuss how technology can enhance your everyday life. So join us today on Everyday Tech at 10, only on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo, professor of medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and this is a Southern Remedy Health Minute. It's a minute about social anxiety disorder, a condition where folks feel anxious in social situations. 
They can be embarrassed in front of other people, and it can keep folks from doing things they need and want to do. There are different forms of social anxiety. Anxiety at meetings or parties is sometimes called social phobia. Other folks have social anxiety only at certain times, like speaking before an audience. This problem is sometimes called performance anxiety. Unfortunately, folks with social anxiety disorder avoid social activities because they worry about being embarrassed or fear that others will say bad things about them. Some people even have physical symptoms when they have social anxiety. This can include blushing, sweating, tremblessness, a rapid heartbeat, or a fear of looking at other folks. How do you treat social anxiety disorder? There are two treatments. One is called cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, which is talk therapy. There you talk with a psychologist or other counselor about your issues and develop effective coping mechanisms to deal with the anxiety you have. Sometimes medicines are also required, and certain antidepressant medicines are also very effective with anxiety. Sometimes it takes cognitive behavioral therapy and medicines at the same time for severe cases. Folks with social anxiety disorder often have some level of anxiety most of the time. For those folks, anxiety comes and goes and is provoked by stress. The good news is most people can find treatments that are adequate to have a normal life. For more health tips and medical information, listen for Southern Remedy each weekday at 11, where the doctors are always in. For MPB Think Radio, I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo. The Health Minute is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Information on how to make good health a family affair is available at bcbsms.com. Live healthy, live blue. That might sound like loose change to you, but to us here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting, it sounds like support. Now with the program Change by Soft Giving, you can round up your change from everyday purchases and support MPB and the programs you love. With every purchase, you show your support for smart, entertaining, and engaging programs that benefit all Mississippians. Sign up today by visiting mpbonline.org support and click Donate Your Change. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippi's chief financial watchdog tells state agencies they need to do better managing state dollars. MPB's Ashley Norwood reports on the state's annual audit. There's good news and bad news in the annual report on the state budget from Auditor Stacy Pickering. The annual report looks at all tax money coming into the state of Mississippi and how agencies manage it. As an example of where the state can improve, Pickering points to the Department of Finance and Administration. Pickering says the employees of the Department of Finance and Administration do not have the skills or training to prevent fraud. The department is responsible for managing the state's accounting system. It was implemented in 2015 with no budget for training. We implemented a brand-new enterprise-wide accounting system without spending a dime of training. We had a massive loss of financial expertise in the state of Mississippi, And then we were replaced with people learning their financial management job, but also they didn't know how to work the new accounting software and they're having to learn it. And we turn into these massive number of findings we have across the state. In a statement, the Department of Finance and Administration says they bear some responsibility, but state agencies also need to do better. 
Pickering says it's not all bad news. In general, Mississippi is financially sound. We've actually seen real income increase for Mississippi families. It may be small increase, but it's still an increase and it's heading and trending in the right direction. The comprehensive annual financial report is available on the state auditor's website. Ashley Norwood, MPB News. In other news, this year's Poetry Out Loud State Recitation Contest winner is Anna Claire Franklin, a junior at Oxford High School. We'll hear from her. Uh, we'll hear her reciting her winning poem, Confessions, by Robert Browning, on tomorrow's show. Anna Claire Franklin will represent Mississippi in the National Poetry Out Loud Recitation Contest in Washington D.C. in April. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Fix It 101. Then at 10, it's Everyday Tech. And at 11 o'clock, stay tuned for Southern Remedy. Did you miss part of the show today? Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org or by downloading the MPB Public Media app from the Apple or Google Play stores. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 830 for the next Mississippi edition only on MPB Think Radio. driver, I listen to MPB a lot. I learned the symptoms of a female heart attack from Southern Remedy, and it helped me to save a co-worker's life. That's my MPB story. 